welcome to Wellness Your Way. I'm your host, Megan Lyons, and I've helped thousands of people find their own way to wellness. Wellness Your Way is an extension of that work, aimed to help you find your unique path to feeling your very best. Each week, we'll go through tactical strategies you can use to improve your health, happiness, and quality of life. So grab a mug of tea or lace up your walking shoes. We're about to dive in. Welcome back to Wellness Your Way. As always, we have a great episode in store for us, episode 32, and I'm excited to share all these topics with you today. I'll start off by reviewing a brand new study that is super relevant if you find yourself going out to more restaurants or eating with more friends lately. I'll recommend a buttery, delicious product that is actually healthy. I'll talk all about healthy fats. What are the healthier types? What types to stay away from? What are the benefits? How much fat to eat during the day? And then as always, I'll answer listener Q&A. Let's dive in. If you find yourself feeling more comfortable dining outside with friends or having some safe social occasions, then today's study for health news you can use is super relevant. This was just published in the journal Nature Human Behavior in April 2021, and the researchers studied 3 million meals of Massachusetts General Hospital employees from 2015 to 2016. They categorized the employees' purchases according to a traffic light system, so red, yellow, green, according to how healthy it was, and they analyzed whether the people who were eating together tended to make similar health decisions. And believe it or not, they showed a strong correlation. So those pairs or groups of people who ate together and one of them ate a healthier meal they all tended to eat healthier foods and vice versa. Those pairs or groups of people who ate less healthy all made the same less healthy uh, type of decision. So this doesn't surprise me at all. I have clients say to me all the time, oh, I was going to order the salmon and asparagus, but then my friend ordered pizza and a burger and beer and all this stuff, and I just had to do it too. It sounded too good, and I lost track of what I was committed to doing or whatever. It is very real. Peer pressure is a real thing. Even if your peer is not specifically outwardly pressuring you, we get that thought of, I don't want to be the healthy one, or, oh, that food looks good, or she's doing it, I deserve to do it too, or whatever, all kinds of silly thoughts, and then we end up making less healthy decisions for us. So my advice would be this. Number one, order first. Order first. Whatever it is, if you do truly want the pizza and that's uh, the right decision for you, then fine. But if you do want to order the salmon and asparagus, then great. Order first before you have a chance to get swayed by other people. Number two is talk to your friends about your health goals. Tell them, hey, I'm really working on including a vegetable at every dinner, or uh, I am working on limiting my consumption of fried food to see how it makes me feel, or whatever you want to say. You don't have to say, oh, fried food is bad. I can't believe you're eating that. But just talk to them about what you're doing because saying it out 
loud both makes you more likely to uphold your commitment and also uh, asks them for a little bit of support in your commitment to yourself. And then finally, inspire your friends. The study showed that the results were actually stronger with healthy decisions than they were unhealthy. So you have the chance to be a positive role model for your friends just by ordering something healthy. There's a great chance that they're trying to be healthy as well, and you have the chance to help them, inspire them, be a role model for them by starting off the ordering with a healthy item. In Megan Recommends, we're talking about Fourth and Heart Ghee. Fourth and Heart is the brand name. Ghee is G-H-E-E, which is clarified butter. It's a butter substitute that's shelf-stable. It's actually made from butter, but it's clarified further, um, which is a process that actually makes it healthier. When they clarify butter, um, it has a higher concentration of butyric acid and a bunch of other short-chain saturated fats. Short-chain fatty acids are often called SCF. A's, there we go, SCFAs, um, and those are actually really beneficial in reducing inflammation. So this butyric acid is uh, magnified or is amplified in ghee over butter. Plus, here's the big one, it has no lactose or casein. These are two of the inflammatory components of butter and dairy in general that make people feel digestively a little icky, bloated, gassy, diarrhea, etc. They can also cause intolerances and allergies. So even people who don't do well on most dairy can often tolerate ghee. Plus, because it's clarified or concentrated, that buttery flavor is just amazing. Even with a little bit of ghee, you can really taste and appreciate that buttery flavor. So um, even though I don't recommend a ton of dairy for most people, this ghee is an option that is dairy-based that I do very much recommend and use myself. It is a great source of healthy fats, so you'll want to listen up to the veggies of the matter to hear more about the healthy fats. But this particular brand, Fourth and Heart, Oh, it's so tasty, specifically the pink Himalayan salt version. That is my favorite flavor variety. It's absolutely delicious. So I will post an Amazon link to Fourth and Heart Ghee and a Thrive Market link. Thrive Market is a discounted online superstore for healthy items where I buy most of my shelf-stable goods. So I'll post a discount link for that as well in the show notes. Next up is the veggies of the matter. And coming off a few episodes ago when we talked all about protein, you all had such great feedback for that that I want to follow up with the next macronutrient, which is fat. So you might remember when the low-fat and the fat-free craze kind of rocked the nutrition world. These were the 1990s and the 2000s. We had low-fat products all over the place. And brands encouraged us to eat as much as we wanted because they were fat-free. And they implied that, of course, fat makes you fat. Eating fat makes you fat. And that, we found out, was not true. 
What happened during that low-fat craze is obesity rates, rates of chronic disease, they just continued to escalate, even as we reduced our fat. So we not only got less healthy, but we gained weight, we had more cravings, we had a bunch of snack foods that didn't make us feel satisfied with our food, um, and the vicious cycle started, uh, which now, thankfully, we're starting to come out of. Fat is having its heyday in some circles. A lot of people are touting the benefits of fat and saying you can eat as much fat as you want. And even that, I, I think, is too far of a pendulum swing to the other side. So we know low-fat and fat-free are not the answer. That was proven to us in the 90s and the 2000s. We're starting to rem- or realize that fat can even be healthy in moderation, but what is the right balance? That's what we're going to talk about today because anything in excess can make you store body fat. So I don't recommend going all the way to the other side of the pendulum, but the healthy, healthy sources of fat that we'll discuss today are a lot less likely to set off the metabolic cascade, the hormonal cascades that lead you to store fat. So certainly if you had to choose between sugar and uh, a healthy fat and you were looking to reduce your body weight or reduce your body fat, then healthy fat would be the better option. In fact, relying on healthy fat for um, a, a larger portion of your nutrient intake can actually help your body learn to burn more fat. So let's talk about some of the other benefits of fat in addition to fat burning on your own body. It's a great source of slow burning, stable energy for your body. So it will never make you jittery. You'll never get a sugar rush from eating fat, but it's slow burning energy, which is great. It helps us absorb vitamins A, D, E, and K, which are found in a lot of vegetables and healthy foods, but we need healthy fat to absorb those nutrients. It's needed for cell membranes. It's needed for hormone production. It keeps us full for longer. If you've ever had a, quote, healthy salad or other meal and you've skipped all the fat, then you probably weren't full for very long because healthy fat keeps us full for longer. And it stabilizes our blood sugar. If you haven't listened to the episode on blood sugar, I will post that in the show notes. Definitely check that one out. So you might want to increase your healthy fat consumption if you're having trouble feeling full after meals, or if you have those spikes and crashes after meals, you're feeling like energized and then you have constant cravings and you need to take a nap and you need to snack a lot. You just have those symptoms of blood sugar instability. Also, if you're trying to reduce inflammation, you might want some more healthy fat Or if you're looking to put on healthy weight, you might want to um, have an abundance of healthy fat. The the fat is very calorie dense. So if you are looking to really up your calories to put on weight, then fat can be a way to do that. So let's talk about the types of fat. We hear about good fat or bad fat. I don't really love the words good or bad as They relate to food because they just add a lot of judgmental language into the food equation that I would rather avoid. But I will uh, admit and agree to the fact that some types of fats are healthier than others. So 
I'll start with the healthiest, which is unsaturated fat. This is pretty widely considered the healthiest type of fat. And there are two subtypes, monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fat. The monounsaturated fats are the olive oil, uh, avocado, nuts, some other types of oils. These are the classic examples. The Mediterranean diet, which I talk about a lot, this is rich in monounsaturated fats. And the polyunsaturated fats um, are the omega-3 fatty acids. So you might have heard of those. Those are really beneficial. Polyunsaturated fats also include omega-6 fatty acids, which are less healthful, uh, or let's say it better, we want them in balance. We want a we want to intake more omega-3 fatty acids than omega-6, um, so we want to make sure that balance is appropriate. But the, the healthful types of polyunsaturated fats come from fish and flax seeds and walnuts and chia seeds and sardines and things like that. And when we eat more of these, and especially when we replace the sugars and refined carbs in our diet with these, research shows that we reduce our LDL, we lower our triglycerides, we reduce heart disease risk. So these are all really healthy types of fat. The next category is saturated fat. So for a while, this was considered the less healthy option, but new research is actually showing the benefit of a moderate intake of saturated fat for overall heart disease risk. It's not as simple as just eating saturated fat will lower your LDL because it won't. It will often even raise your LDL, but it shifts the particle size, which is something uh, relatively new in, in blood tests and um, medical research. It shifts the particle size to be of a more beneficial size for your body. So I think I recommend consuming saturated fat in moderation. Don't go crazy, crazy with it, but don't stay away from it. Your body actually needs some saturated fat for cholesterol, healthy cholesterol production, for hormone balance, for satiety, for heart health, for all kinds of different things. And these types of fats come primarily from animal products like meat, eggs, and dairy, but also some is found in coconut, coconut oil, nuts, and even avocados. So this saturated fat, we consume it in moderation. And then the last type of fat is trans fat. This is the one to definitely stay away from. Trans fats do not occur naturally. They are created through a process called hydrogenation, which um, is uh, food manufacturers use hydrogenation to preserve the shelf life of food products. And eating any amount of trans fats creates inflammation. So they say that we can tolerate one gram, two grams per day. But anything with hydrogenated oil might have 0.5 grams. It might have not have to be on the label. And all of this stuff really adds up. So I really recommend if you see any trans fat in your product to choose a different option. If you see trans fat on the label and it says more than zero, or if you see the word hydrogenated in the ingredient list, I would stay away. This is, um, oh, actually the stat is that for every 2% of calories from trans fat consumed daily, the risk of heart disease rises by 23%. That's a lot. That's good reason to stay away. So trans fat is found mostly in margarine, shortening, french fries, pastries, baked goods, things like that. So those are the types of fat. Unsaturated is great. Saturated, very healthy in moderation. And trans fat, stay away. Now, how much fat do we actually need per day? 
The National Academy of Medicine recommends 20 to 35% of your total calories, which for most people works out to between 40 and 80 grams of fat per day. And just for reference, one tablespoon of olive oil is 14 grams of fat. Half a small avocado is 12 grams of fat. So the 40 to 80 grams is about eh, four to six of these um, one tablespoon of oil or half half small avocado um, per day, maybe four to five of those would fit into the National Academy of Medicine recommendation. So my um, recommendation is not to actually count the grams of fat. I think that's too difficult and overwhelming for most people, but I'll put you into three categories. If you're looking to lose weight or shift your body composition, then if you second category is if you're looking to maintain weight, increase your blood sugar stability, just generally feel healthier. And the third category is if you're looking to gain weight. So for that first category, you're looking to lose weight or lose body fat, I would aim for one serving of healthy fat at each meal and one at a snack. One at each meal and one at a snack. So you're looking for about four servings total per day. If you're in that second category, you're just looking to generally be healthy, improve your blood sugar stability, feel better overall, I would recommend aiming for two servings at each meal and maybe one to two at a snack. So you're looking for uh, six to eight servings per day. And then if you are looking to gain weight, aiming for three servings of healthy fat at each meal and two to three at a snack, you really want to load up on these. So that ends up being nine, 10-ish servings of healthy fat per day. So what specifically is a serving? Here are some of my favorite varieties of healthy fat, and I will tell you with each one what is a serving. So for a healthy oil, olive oil in particular, avocado oil, coconut oil, things like that, one tablespoon is a serving. For an avocado, one of my favorite sources of healthy fat, half a small avocado or a quarter of a large avocado. For fish, which is a great source of healthy fat, five ounces of fish is a serving. Olives, it depends on the olive, but maybe 10 to 15 olives would be a serving. For seeds like chia seeds or hemp seeds, smaller seeds, two tablespoons is a serving. And for other seeds like pumpkin seeds or sunflower seeds, about a quarter cup. Same thing with nuts. About a quarter cup of most nuts is a serving. For nut butters, peanut butter, almond butter, etc., two tablespoons would be a serving, and I prefer the unsweetened variety there. Two egg yolks would be a serving. The white is great also, but that is protein. The yolks are the healthy fat. And then a tablespoon of ghee, which I mentioned at the beginning, a tablespoon of butter, a quarter cup of unsweetened shredded coconut, or in moderation, if you tolerate cheese, an ounce of hard cheese, which is very small. It's about a thumb size or a quarter cup of shredded cheese. So for all of those, those would be one serving. If you're looking to lose weight or improve body composition, one serving at each meal and one at a snack. If you're looking to maintain weight and feel better overall, two servings at each meal and one to two at a snack. And if you're looking to gain weight, three servings at each meal and two to three at a snack. I hope that helps. I would love to hear what your favorite variety of healthy fat is. And if you feel you generally over-index or under-index on healthy fat. Next up is listener Q&A, and we start with Gina. Gina asks, is calorie burn proof of a good workout, slash does calorie burn matter? 
First answer is yes, calories are a real thing. So if you could precisely measure calories that you intake and burn and things like that, you might have more information about your body and and how it's changing. But the estimates on cardio machines or online calculators or even Fitbits or other watches are often very wrong. So we can't get a precise measure, which means that this is not the best quote, proof of a good workout. Plus, even more importantly, this doesn't take into account what's called the afterburn. So when we're strength training, we burn a lot fewer calories in the actual session, but you end up burning more calories the whole day after because your muscles are repairing and recovering. Cardio, on the other hand, you're going to burn more calories in the session, but there's very little afterburn. Your your burn throughout the whole rest of the day doesn't elevate like it does with strength training. Plus, strength training helps you build muscle, which burns more calories at rest than fat. So more muscle on your body helps increase your metabolism and helps you burn more calories. So really, it's quite complicated. What I would recommend is certainly if you're training for a marathon and you're burning 1,600 calories in a workout or something like that, you need to be sure to refuel. But if you're eating to exactly the 248 calories you burned in a hit class or something like that, it honestly does not help. Most people who do this end up overeating because they're trying to compensate for their precise number of calories burned. And this is a major reason that I see clients come to me saying, I'm exercising so much, I'm paying attention to my calories, and I'm still gaining weight. We cannot out-exercise our nutrition. Nutrition is always going to be number one, and we just don't have precise measures. So focus on that strength training with a bit of cardio. Don't overanalyze the numbers and do your best to pay attention to your body and eat to hunger. Second question comes from Chandler. She says, is putting old produce like wilted spinach or a banana in a smoothie still beneficial? The short answer is yes. We have the best nutrient absorption, or rather vegetables have the most nutrient content when they are fresh, but even wilted spinach still has some nutrients, so it's far better than nothing. Plus, it still has fiber, and it's way better for the environment and food waste in general not to throw that stuff away. So I always try to freeze these vegetables and produce items right before they get too wilty or they're about to go bad, and then I use those in smoothies later. Uh, But if you forget to freeze them and they're just on their last leg, definitely toss them into that smoothie. Great question, Chandler. Your call to action for this week is to assess your consumption of healthy fat. Listen to the recommendations, either one per meal, two per meal, or three per meals, depending on your goals, and just pay attention to your own consumption. See where you can tweak it to make you feel even better. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wellness Your Way. I can't wait to be in your earbuds next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wellness Your Way with Megan Lyons. I always love connecting with listeners, so be sure to follow me on social media. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss brand new episodes each week. If you love Wellness Your Way, please leave us a rating and review. I appreciate it so much. Stay well, and I'll be back next week.
The Wellness Your Way podcast is provided for information only and should not be misconstrued as medical advice. Please consult with your physician or otherwise qualified practitioner on any matters regarding your health and well-being or on any opinions expressed within this podcast or the LionShare website.